Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. How do we hear from God? Because, you know, I, I struggle with that. People say, well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Try to make your living explaining to people what God wants you to do, okay? It, it, it's hard, and I know that there's been situations in every one of your lives that, that you're just, you, you feel lost without direction, and you're praying, but, you know, unless you're like Moses or Elijah or Jesus or Paul on the road to Damascus, you've probably never heard God, you know, in, in, in burning bush form, you know, tie, throw a turnover, you know, it doesn't really work like that. So, you know, these vague impressions of God, is that really God saying, or is that just what I want? Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. So how do we know what to do? How are we going to hear from God? One of the main ways God speaks to us isn't through vague internal impressions, you know, and, and I, I, I've been guilty of it myself, you know, uh, th there's a story about Elijah, you know, where, where he, God says, go to the mouth of the cave and I'm going to walk by and, and, and there was a big, uh, uh, a big fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And then there was a big earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a gentle breeze and Elijah walked out because God was in, in, in the small breeze. You know, I mean, my gosh, trying to make a decision to pray about something. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? And listening for the breeze, you know, that you'll just drive yourself insane. But there, there is a uh, aspect of theology. Now, what is theology? Our understanding of God. Okay. Now, his ways are not our ways and our ways are not his ways. But there's a misunderstood and it's prevalent throughout the Bible. And, and I'm amazed that I've never really spent a, a lot of time uh, studying this, but in, in studying this aspect of theology or our understanding of God, um, this specific aspect of theology is mentioned around 160 different times in the Old Testament. A hundred and, I mean, if something is mentioned 160 times, I'm no rocket mechanic, but I'm pretty sure that it might be important, okay? It's mentioned over 160 times in the Old Testament and over 50 different specific times in the New Testament, okay? I mean, this must be pretty important if, if over 200 times in the entire Bible, it specifically talks about this aspect of theology, but we just throw it out the window or maybe we don't understand it. It's often misunderstood, misinterpreted, and like many of my loops yesterday, preconditioning cattle, it, it, we just we throw it in the dirt. It was so important, this aspect of theology, it was so important that God offered one man a blank check. God actually spoke to a guy and said, I'm going to give you whatever you want. What, would, what do you want? Now, l let me ask you, you know, we, we all kind of go through that deal of, of what, the what if we won the lottery, right? What would you do? What would you do with the money? What would you do with the money? Well, let's go one step up of winning the lottery. If God said you can have anything, name it and it's yours. What would you ask for? He could have anything he wanted, but he asked for one thing. And that man named, that man's name was Solomon. 
God said, because of who you are and because of who your daddy was and all of this stuff, you can have anything you want. You name it, it's yours. What do you want? And this forgotten aspect of theology that will make a huge difference in every single one of your lives. It, 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 can, it can radically transform. And, and I'm not talking about somewhere down the road. I'm talking about today. It can change your life. And what Solomon prayed for was wisdom, was wisdom. If God said you could have anything, what would it be that you asked for? You know, and, and I think that a lot of times, you know, especially when we're going through hard times or we're going through struggles or we've got a big decision to make, we always will just pray about it, right? Pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. And, and but it, it seldom seems that we get the black and white answer, right? We very seldom get the exact thing that we're looking for. And, and, and it reminds me of, of whenever I used to, uh, and, and was still do to some extent, but, uh, you know, when I used to help Riley and Griffin with their math homework, Griffin would call me over and he's like, Dad, can you help me with this? Sure. What can I do for you? He'd walk over there and he said, is this the right answer? And I said, well, show me how you got it. And he's like, well, I did this and did this and did this. Well, that's, that looks right. That, that looks right. That looks right. But did I get the right answer? And I said, did you do the problem right? And he said, well, yeah, I think so. And I said, then it must be the right answer. But see, they didn't want, he finally got a little perturbed with me one day. And he said, why can't you just tell me if I got the right answer or not? And I said, if I just gave you the right answer for that problem, you, you would still have a question on the next one. If you will learn to do these problems, then that process helps with all of the problems, even though they're different numbers, even though they're different everything. You know, it's kind of like that old saying, you know, give a man a fish and he eats for a day, but teach a man to fish and he'll eat the rest of his life. Well, and thank God I'm not, that doesn't apply to me because I'd starve to death even if you taught me how to fish. But Solomon applied God's wisdom. And, and, and one of the coolest stories in the Bible about Solomon's wisdom is, you know, he'd asked God for wisdom. And, and, and the cool part about it is God was so impressed with his answer that he's like, man, since you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else. I mean, he's the richest man that, that ever lived. I, I, I think I read one time that if, if it was in today's currency, that he would have been worth like $400 trillion. I mean, like more than America is worth, right? And so anyway, two ladies come to Solomon. He's the king. They come and they're squabbling over the, basically the ownership of a child. Both of these women are saying that a child belongs to them. And so Solomon's sitting there and he's listening. And this lady goes, oh, this is my child. And the other lady's like, no, this is my child. And Solomon looks down and he goes, all right, well, I can solve this problem really easily. And they're like, what is it, oh, wise king? He said, and he looks over at one of his guards and he says, cut this kid in half and give half to this woman and half to this woman. And all of a sudden, one lady went, no, 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 just, just, just let her have the boy. Let her have the boy. Let her have the boy. And Solomon knew that it was her son. And people were amazed by his wisdom. Now, that, that, that's kind of an extreme example of wisdom, but, but I, I was, uh, unfortunately, I had to do one of the, the best and worst things about my occupation, and I, I had to do a, a funeral service for a guy that used to, used to go here uh, Bobby Orr. And, and, and I, at, at the service, I was talking to an old cowboy and, uh, cause that's what cowboys do. Whenever they get together, we start telling, you know, wild, uh, wild cow stories, wild horse stories and, you know, funny stuff. And he said, you know what? He said, 
I remember this one time we was at, we was at a brand. I think he said a branding, but I, I'm not exactly sure what they were doing. But he said there was, a, there was a guy that had showed up to help. And he said, this guy, you would think that he could get it right at least maybe half the time. But this guy, they were shorting cows off the calves. And this guy was in the way Every single time. If a calf needed to go this way, he was in the way. If a cow needed to go that way, he was in the way. And I mean, this guy was just oblivious. And the rancher, he said, you ever seen a rancher that's trying to keep his composure, but you can, you can feel the frustration. And then you can, you know, it's like a, a thermometer fixing to explode or a volcano. And finally, he said, I walked over there to the rancher and I said, I said, you okay? And he goes, I'm fixing to go chew him out. And he's like, ah, I don't know that. Is that really going to solve anything? It's just going to create this big mess. He said, if you don't want him here, maybe you should just walk over there and really nicely, you know, tap him on the, uh, on the leg as he's sitting on his horse and just tell him, hey, man, do me a favor. Go over there and put your horse in that trailer and go back to your house. He said, well, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But he walks over there and he goes, Hey, will you do me a favor? The guy said, yeah, anything. I mean, this guy was just oblivious, right? He goes, ride over there by that shack, spin your horse around and be at the ready in case we need you. The guy's like, okay. So he goes over there and he spins his horse around. I mean, it's way over there, right? And he's just sitting there while they're sorting cows. And finally, this guy's like, what, what, what? So he kind of rides back over to the rancher after a little while. He goes, what was I supposed to be doing? He goes, do me a favor, ride over there by that building, spin your horse around and be at the ready in case we need you. So the guy's like, okay. So he goes over there and whoosh, spins his horse around and sits there. And then when they were done sorting cows, they're like, okay, you can come back over now. <laughs> Honestly, that's wisdom. That, that, that's wisdom uh, of, of being able to, to solve a problem without making a big hubaloo and, and, and getting everybody mad and everybody cussing each other out and everything. That is wisdom. How do we get this type of wisdom? And I'm not talking about just an isolated incidence. Is there a way that we can learn wisdom to not just find the answer to that problem that you're going through right now, but instead of God giving you an, an answer, the answer to a problem, what if really the way he talks to us gives us answers to all of our problems. That's the difference in wisdom and praying for an answer. We should be praying for wisdom. So how do we get this type of wisdom? Okay. There's four or five things that, that I hope I can get through. And, you know, I mean, I'll have you out of here about five minutes before the second service starts. So it'll be easy. The, the first way to get this type of wisdom. Okay. Now, listen, but besides maybe one or two things in this deal, you're probably not going to like some of this stuff because if you're really honest with yourself, it, it, it'll probably step on your toes because I, I, I know that, that I've got black and blue toes just from preparing this. How do we get this type of wisdom? Well, the, the first way that you can do it is, is live the kind of life that Jesus says to live, okay? I know that that sounds really, really simple, but a, a lot of people, they, they go out and, and, and they want to follow God, but they don't do things that, that God says to do, okay? Knowing what Jesus says isn't the same. My butt is just going off. My goodness. 
sitting there feeling like I've got a bee in my back pocket. Live the kind of life that Jesus, knowing what Jesus says and doing what Jesus says is, is two different things. If you want to have wisdom, you got to do it the way that God says to do it. I mean, there, there's, there's time and time again that, you know, Ty has helped me to learn to rope. And, and now I'm kind of at a level that, that I can spot some of the mistakes that I make. And, and so I help other people uh, do some things. And, and knowing it and doing it are, are, are two separate things. Action produces wisdom, not thought, not thought. You know, thinking about being patient isn't the same as being patient, okay? Knowing that Jesus said that we're supposed to be patient, whether whether it's in prayer or whether it's with other people, knowing that Jesus said to be patient isn't the same thing as being patient, okay? Thinking about minding your own business is not the same as minding your own business, Okay? We're, 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 when Jesus says, man, don't slander, don't talk crap about your neighbor or anybody else, knowing that Jesus said that isn't the same as not doing it, okay? Just thinking and knowing something doesn't produce wisdom. It just gives you knowledge. Knowing that Jesus said to let go of pride isn't the same as letting go of pride. If you want wisdom, you have to do what Jesus said for you to do. It's, I mean, I, I'm not saying that, that it, well, let me say this. It's simple. I never said it was easy. If Jesus said, do it this way, that is wisdom. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is applying what you know. We stand up here every single week and give you things that Jesus said for us to do, whether it's, it's a way to act or, or a way to have more faith or something like that. But if you just let it go in one ear and, and out the other without applying it, no wonder you feel like you're going in circles, you know? And, 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 I, and I really think that, uh, no offense, but I think some of us are like that guy that gets in the way of the gathering that, that stands in the way of the narrow gate. And I think that God says, you know, Hey, do me a favor, go over there by that shack and spin your horse around and be at the ready, you know, until you get to, until you start applying what you claim to know, then maybe you just need to sit over here for a minute. But what if you don't know? How do you find out? Well, once again, it's simple. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. Read the good book. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's one of those things. And, and if you don't have a Bible, man, if you don't have the finances to buy you a Bible, man, get with us. I, I'll, I'll give you one. I, I've, I've got some of those little new, uh, the little New Testaments. I mean, you could spend the rest of your life just on the New Testament. There's a lot of uh, wisdom in the Old Testament also that I, the point is read your good book, okay? And most people, man, a lady sent me a message not too long ago, and she goes, I've lost my faith. You know, I feel like it's slipped away. I was like, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And she's like, I can't even find my Bible, so I can't read it. She's sending me on Facebook on Messenger, and I was like, do you not have Google? You can read the entire Bible online, you know, BibleGateway.com, or if you've got our mobile app, you can 
access the, the Bible.org on that thing. So there's no excuse, but a lot of times we don't read our Bible till we, till we get in a jam, right? And we should be reading that thing every single day so that we can know what Jesus said to do and apply what he said to do so that we can know what God said about specific instances and do it that way. You know, I, I just, one thing that I'm, I'm kind of becoming just a little bit calloused to is, is when people say, well, I would read the Bible. I, I, I just don't, I just don't really understand it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of get that, but you know, what part of First Thessalonians 4.11 don't you understand? Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, mind your own business and work with your hands. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if you don't understand something, then, then, then maybe, maybe you don't have the, the, the required wisdom to understand that yet. Keep reading till you find something that you can understand. I mean, it's, some of it is pretty simple. I didn't say it was easy to do, but what part of Matthew 18, 15 through 19 is hard to understand when Jesus said, man, if your buddy says something or does something that you don't like, be a man and go up to him and say, hey, we've got a problem. You said this or did this, let's talk about it. What part of that is hard to understand? Actually, it says if your brother offends you, go to him in private and tell him your, the, the offense. In layman's terms, that's like be a man. Do you know how much of this world's problems could be solved if when people got upset with somebody, they went to them mano a mano, hombre un hombre, and said, hey, we've got a problem. And I guarantee you that most of the time when that happens, it's probably a misunderstanding. Oh, man, I, I sure, man I'm sorry you, you, you thought I said that. I, I sure didn't mean that at all. You're good. But how does the world handle that now? Like somebody, you know, Ty makes me mad and I run over here to Craig and I go, Craig, you know what Ty did. Right, 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 right. That, that's the way the world handles it. It's not how Jesus said to handle it. That's red letter stuff. What part of avoiding sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed from Colossians 3, 5 do you not understand? I mean, that's black and white. Don't be greedy. I mean, th th that, that, old, that old adage of, of, well, you know, I don't read the Bible because I just don't understand it. Man, start reading that good book until you find something that you understand. And then when you find something that you understand, put it into practice. Because when you do... When you read the good book, find out the way that God told us to live, and then you start putting that into practice, you'll start gaining wisdom. Quit reading through the Bible through the lens of what you agree with or disagree with. Boy, that, that just that, that is one of my pet peeves, is when somebody will ask me a question, and I'll tell them exactly what God says about it, and then they say, well, I don't believe that. Well, then throw the, throw the rest of it out also, Okay. I mean, if we were to cut out all the hard parts of the Bible and, and all of this stuff that, that we really don't agree with or, or that's hard, man, we'd end up with like four verses, okay? Quit reading the Bible through the lens of what you agree with or disagree with. Well, I don't believe that. Well, it doesn't really matter what you believe. If that's what God said, that's the truth, not what you believe. Start having faith that God will not lead you down the wrong path. I never said that that path would be easy. The third way that we can get wisdom is to seek wise counsel. Seek wise counsel. Find a godly cowboy or cowgirl that has ridden with Jesus for a long time and ask them what you think they should, that you should do. Ask somebody for a little bit of help. 
You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a gunsel, but there, there's things even on ranches that, that I'm not sure how, how to, how to handle, you know? And, and when Robert was gone and I was, and I was helping him out while he was up in, in Canada moose hunting, he, he told me, he's like, I got faith that you can handle something. And if you're unsure, call Decky or call Ty, you know, call somebody that might have some knowledge that you don't. And, and that's wisdom, man. Find somebody that knows something that's been doing it a long time and go talk to them. It, it's, it's, it's not hard. I mean, it, it's, it sounds, it should be common sense. But the best advice is usually hard advice. You know, I think that a lot of times we're not really looking for advice. We're looking for an easier way. The best advice usually isn't the easy advice. The narrow trail is hard and steep, not wide and easy, you know. But it, it seems like, you know, we, we have a problem and we go to somebody and, and, and we want that, that fix-all answer that's wide and easy. And usually the answer you get is the narrow trail that that's uh, pretty rocky and pretty steep. But just because it's rocky and steep doesn't mean that it ain't the right answer. You know, the, another reason that you would go ask somebody else that's that's been there and done that is that learning from your mistakes is good. Learning from your mistakes is good. But isn't learning from somebody else's mistakes better? I mean, my gosh, you know, I mean, hey, I wouldn't do that, you know. Okay, well, if you've been doing it longer and you say not to do it that way, why do you say that? Because you'll get yard darted if you do. You know, you'll get rim fired if you do that. Well, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. It's, it's, it's simple. I didn't say it was easy. But whenever you seek wise counsel, take that counsel. Okay, now I'm not saying that you have to do what they say you do. Maybe you go talk to two or three people and, hey, if two or three people are telling you the same thing, maybe, maybe there's some wisdom in it. So how do we get wisdom? We do what Jesus said to do the way he said to do it. You know, I mean, that hard stuff in the Bible doesn't just apply to me and Ty. It applies to you, too. And I didn't and I understand it. It's not always easy when you're stuck in Denver or you're stuck in Toronto or, you know, I mean, sometimes God pushes us out of our comfort zone or like I call it the sissy zone. You know, he'll 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 just flat kick you out of the sissy zone. I know you're not good at it. That's why I'm kicking you out of here so you can grow. The fourth way that we can get wisdom, and I've actually already mentioned it, is to pray for it. Ask God for wisdom. In James chapter 1, verse 5, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Okay, he's like, man, if, if, you're, if, if you're kind of unsure of what's going on, pray about it. Now, God's not going to give you the answer. He's going to give you the wisdom to make a wise decision, okay? He's not going to give you the answer. He's not going to say 14. Yeah, he's not going to say that, okay? He's going to maybe say, well, here's how you've handled that in the past and... uh Maybe you should do it another way if it got you in a wreck. Wisdom isn't the answer for a problem. It's guidance for right living, okay, or righteousness. That's kind of a fancy church word, righteousness, but it just means living the way God said to live. Godly wisdom is hard to understand without faith, without trusting God, and it's hard to understand unless you're active and have a purposeful ride with God. When he's the goal, he'll give you the wisdom 
to do it. But a lot of times we don't seek wisdom. We seek assurance. We want to know how it will turn out. Only God knows how it's going to turn out. But the good news is that uh, the Holy Spirit through Paul said that God works for the good in all things for those that believe in Christ Jesus. So if you're living the way God said to live, right? You're seeking wise counsel, you're reading the good book, and you're praying for wisdom, then we must have the faith that God will give us the wisdom to make a wise decision. That doesn't mean it's going to turn out like you wanted it, but the Bible says that God works for the good in all things for those that believe in Christ Jesus, that he will use it. And lastly, wisdom must be sought. You must seek after it. And that's why I said that this is one of the the most misunderstood uh, uh, aspects of theology. You know, we, we just want right answers, but what we should be seeking is Jesus and his wisdom to tell us, or not tell us, but to show us and give us direction in our life. He's probably not going to do that with you through a burning bush or a vague impression, but he will do it through wisdom. But you must seek after it. You must seek it. And in, in Proverbs eight seventeen, if, if you want to know a lot about wisdom, go read Proverbs chapter 8. And, and the kind of cool, mystical uh, thing about wisdom in, in Proverbs is that it's actually talked about like it's nearly a person. And in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, it says, I. Now, if you read the whole thing, you'll understand the context why it says I. But it's referring to I, wisdom, love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I love all who love me. I, wisdom, love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. Proverbs eight seventeen. Wisdom is only granted to those that seek it out. I mean, you know, you're not going to be able just to live your life however you want to live it and be walking along and, oh, there's wisdom. I wasn't even looking for it. Let me put that in my back pocket. That's not the way it works. You're not even going to be able to see it. Uh, me, me and Gary were out checking cows and we were talking about this. And, and the way I equate this is, um, you ever been with somebody that can truly track animals? I mean, most of us, if we were to walk out in, in, into a pasture, if you were to come out at the Long X Ranch and, and, and see a track and say, well, what made that? It, most people won't even, they may have an educated guess, but they're really not going to know. But if you learn how to track, like maybe tracking cattle that, that got out, man, it, it's pretty obvious when it's in the dirt and everything. But when you get into grass and everything, the, the clues get fainter and fainter and fainter. But with practice, you can learn to track an animal through anything, you know, not, not just through new snow, right? That's the way it is with wisdom. Man, you've got to practice wisdom so that you can get good at following wisdom. So how do we pursue it? How do we get good at it? It is only granted only to those who value it enough to pursue it. You can pursue it by having reverence for God, Proverbs 9, 10, of having reverence for God, of having humility, Proverbs 11, 2. Got to be humble. I mean, you, you, it's, hard, it's hard to track wisdom through the pasture if you got your nose stuck in the air, only looking at your, you know, taking selfies of yourself all day long. You know, you're going to lose that trail really quick. Okay. Reverence for God, humility. You've got to be teachable. Okay. Proverbs 9, 9. You've got to be teachable. Some people have all the natural talent in the world, but you can't tell them anything because they think they know everything. 
Man, you know, myself included, may I make a bold statement? You don't know Jack and neither do I. We all need to learn. And the person that's going to teach us is God. There may be some wise counsel along the way, but never in place of what God tells us to do. We got to have reverence for God, humility, teachableness. We have to have diligence, man. You know, you can't just follow that, that, that wisdom trail and go, and then as soon as it, you know, as soon as it leaves, uh, I lost it, and go home. Man, you may have to make some circles and bigger circles and bigger circles and bigger circles and go by. Maybe you have to backtrack a ways and make sure that you were following the right trail. You've got to be diligent. Proverbs eight seventeen. I, wisdom, love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. And finally, not the last one, just the last in my list. If you want to learn to pursue wisdom, you have to have uprightness. Proverbs 2, 7. Man, you've got to have integrity. I mean, you, you, you can't just follow your own trail and, it, and expect that trail to be the narrow trail that you're looking for, okay? Man, you, you, you've, you've got to develop some character and, and, and integrity and responsibility for your life. You're the only one that can live your life. No one's to blame but you. I didn't say that everything was your fault, okay? A lot of what happens to us in our lives is not our fault, but you are responsible for how you deal with it. And God has all of the answers. And even if we can't find it in black and white, when we practice these things, this reverence for God and humility and, 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 and being teachable and, and having diligence and, and uprightness, man, he's going to lead us to the wise way of doing things. Wisdom is the missing link in what you've been searching for. It is not a wild goose chase. It can be attained through living like God said to. It can be obtained through scripture can be obtained through seeking wise counsel, praying for it, and seeking it like the precious treasure that it is. Now, I'm going to leave you with one thing. I heard this three or four years ago from Andy Stanley. Uh, his dad is Charles Stanley, First Baptist Church of Atlanta. Lo- love Andy Stanley. Love Charles Stanley too, by the way. But Andy Stanley said that if, if you're seeking after wisdom or if you're having trouble making a decision that you only have to ask yourself one question, okay? Only one question do you have to ask yourself. This question cuts through all of the, well, I hope this is the answer, or this is what I want, or this is what I need. It it truly is finding, it's cutting through all of the stuff and getting down to bedrock. And it's one question, but you have to ask that question in three different ways. One question in three different ways, okay? Here's the question. If you're struggling with what to do now, or if you feel lost, or, or you're hurting, or whatever the case may be, ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do? Not what would you like to happen, not what in the best case scenario, or if all of these people do what I want them to do, this will be the result. No, what is the wise thing for you to do? What is a wise thing for me to do? And you have to ask yourself that in three different phases. What is the wise thing to do based upon my past? Okay. What have I learned from these situations? What is the wise thing to do based upon my past? Then you have to ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do based upon my current situation? Okay. Wise thing. Not what you want to happen or you'd like to happen or something that's dependent on 4,000 different people acting right and not making you mad and, and, and blah, 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 blah. What is the wise thing to do based upon my current situation? And 
What is the wise thing to do based upon my future hopes and dreams? What is the wise thing to do based upon my future hopes and dreams? Now, if you can find a wise answer that fits all three of those questions, then you can have faith that when you're seeking God and you're seeking wisdom and everything, that that might just be a really good start at a wise answer. What is the wise thing to do based upon my past? What is the wise thing to do based upon my current situation? And what is the wise thing to do based upon my future hopes and dreams? Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. We we need to get away from that, that idea that at some point in time, God is going to somehow magically reveal your purpose in life and that once you find that purpose that everything will be fulfilled and and you'll be happy and everything no man god's purpose for your life is to follow him he's probably not going to speak to you through a burning bush but he will give us wisdom it's in it's in black and white if any of you lacks wisdom he should ask for it And then have faith that when you ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do based upon the past, the present, and the future, that you can have faith that God will work for the good in all things. No more do you have to struggle anymore with indecision and, oh, I don't know what to do, and just get locked down and you procrastinate and you don't do what you're supposed to do and and then you just shut down and you blame everybody else because you're unhappy. I told you that today could make a difference in your life. Will you apply that wisdom? That is the question. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we have all, we all have need of wisdom, but we aren't just asking for the answer to a problem. We are seeking guidance for a life that leads to eternity with you. God, we know that you love us and want what's best for us, and what's best for us is faith in your Son, an active faith that puts their trust in you into action. Then and only then will we have the wisdom to conquer things that have been holding us back, not from worldly success, but from relationship with you that echoes into eternity. Thank you for loving us with a love that surpasses anything we understand. God, we love you so much. Give wisdom to each and every one of us. And it's in Jesus' name I ask. Amen.